When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Great deal going on right now. You throw down $5 on the Super Bowl, and if your team wins, you get $280 in free plays. That's simple, that easy. All right, coming to you live from the La Quinta Inn in Fort Collins, Colorado. I am Mike Luke. As you can tell, I'm with my dog because there is dog hair on my microphone. <laughs> but... Uh, Along with myself, we have John Schuster right here. Thanks for everybody hopping in. Uh, everybody, give everybody a couple minutes. All right, you know what? Arizona wins seventy-two to sixty. But you know what? And that was the score, right, Shu? Yeah, that was it. Uh -huh. All right. A lot of people on here in the comments are already mentioning something that I messaged you and beat you to, and I think might have been the highlight of the game. Let's talk about the Umar Ballo jump shot. <laughs> That's the place to start. That's it. It really, Man. you know, what's funny about it. Like, I'll let you go after that. And again, sure. we're normally not going to lead with kind of an oddity type jump shot, but that's what it was. That was one of the more cool. Or that was one of the cooler things that I've seen all season, to be honest. Because it was like he was sizing him up. Like, all right, are you really going to let me take this? And then he's like, all right, and they pulled it in. Look good, shoe. Well, you know. uh, one of the things we talk about in the modern analytical era of uh, basketball as a whole is the general disappearance of the mid-range game. Because the game as a whole is one of two things. You try to go to the rim, you shoot a bunch of three-pointers. Ballo says, no, I'm an old-school style player. I play basketball like it was the 80s, like it was the 90s, like it was meant to be played, even right. maybe back in the ABA days. I'm not putting up with any of your nonsense. You give me a 15-foot jumper, Right around I'm the line, and you know what? I'm taking it. Play off all you want. Mid the master of the mid-range game, Omar Ballo. There and, you go. All right, so let's talk about it. I one thing that I do have to say, we're going to go around the conference and the country a lot here on this post-game show because, all right, Purdue lost to Michigan. Yeah, that, that was not good. 
that helps out uh that helps out Arizona. Yes, it does it not good. help out my bank account, but it does not it does help out Arizona. It does not help out my DraftKings bank account. Anyway, mm-hmm. next. All right. So and Auburn loses yesterday or the day before. I can't remember. Every day up here is basically the uh, just like Colorado, it all blends together. It's it all just blends together. In yes, exactly. But those are two teams that are obviously in front of Arizona that Arizona's got a very good love, uh, very good uh, opportunity of leapfrogging right there. You know, this was a weird game though, Shoe, and we'll get to this game, but there's a lot broader things than talking about Washington State that we're going to get to. And Chad McDonald's as always, you've been the first guy on Umar Ballo. I was on late, but you know what? Better late than never. Everybody on that train right there. All right, we got a bunch of comments coming in already. You know what? Let's get to some comments and then let's uh, let's go with some stuff. We got a Aaron, my boy Umar made a few of those mid range. Oh, a push shot. That's a good way of putting it. Okay, Kerr, uh, excuse me, KB Thiel, Kerr Crazy, Umar Bal, and Paula Larson. That's what my problem was with this game, and I was mentioning you. Or I, oh, I what, bad nicknames? Sorry, Katie. No. Well, no. And, and in all fairness, I, I was actually sitting the game up close. That's what the commentators were calling them. The, the, the pronunciation, they easily mangled at least six of the U of A players' names. So that's why when you said Barry Tompkins and Dan Belomini. That is the legendary Barry Tompkins right there. Do not badmouth Barry Tompkins. Uh, but I felt bad. There, there was one scene... Uh, in particular in the second half. And this is about the point of the game where Arizona was up by 20. And it's at that point, you're, it seems like you're kind of filling time. So they do the obligatory, oh, look, Arizona has a lot of international players. Look at this UN feel. And they've got this guy from Cameroon. Here's the map of Cameroon, in case you didn't know where that was. Here's right. the map of Mali, in case you didn't know where that was. Here's Estonia, and here's uh, Lithuania, and all these other places. And and, and and Tompkins is going down the list, and you know he's got the reading glasses on trying to figure it out, and he's trying to match it up. The video is playing. It was just, oh, I felt bad. And he lost his place with Creesa. It was just it, it was just a lot crazy. Of All yeah, right. Well, sure. more that, you know, hey, he's closer to the pronunciation than I am. Maybe that's how Kurt told him to pronounce it. Here's But here's the most important thing. All right, we've spent about five minutes make, talking, uh, basically giving a faux praise for the Umar Ballo uh, hook sh- or uh, excuse me, uh, uh, push shot, but Ben Matherin. This was the first time in a while that it looked like Ben Ben Matherin was back a little bit from a shooting perspective. I almost just said Ben. And then getting to the hoop, being dynamic in transition. Granted, it's Washington State, but at the same time, shoe. This was a this was a welcome sight. Honestly, and 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 in some fairness, I think Washington State's got some pieces. Mm-hmm. They were a little bit more bouncy and athletic in some spots, and I expected them to be. The problem that they have against a team like Arizona is just that they're a position short. They're 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 a four play and a five, a three play and a four, and so on up and down the line, and that just caught up to them. Arizona's inside dominance was uh, far too much, and it caused problems everywhere for Wazoo. Wazoo had that one streak early in the second half where they hit about three or four threes, and it got them back into the game by three. But yeah, I think pretty much throughout had a feeling it was an illusion and Arizona uh, put that magic to bed with what a 16, five run over a two or three minute period. And and you knew it was a done deal. So I can, I think Washington state's probably going to finish the regular season nine and nine in conference play. Mm -hmm. I know they're in the top five right now, but their schedule gets tougher. They play, but they're okay. You know, and it it was a game that they needed. Uh, They're not a pushover. 
They may be able to get a W in the uh, conference tournament. Maybe if the bracket yeah. breaks their way, they can I, get a couple. But but Arizona's size was – it's a bad – Arizona's a bad matchup for a team like Washington State. And the Cats were great defensively. Again, keep in mind, you and I had this conversation in regards to the first UCLA game. Let's, let's reverse it a little bit. Right. First UCLA game was if UCLA scores 75 points, you're liking Arizona's chances. At the time, Arizona scoring about 90 points a game. We know what the final result was. If you're Washington State and you come out of this one and and Arizona scored 72 points, you think you did a pretty good job. But they were ne- rarely, no, rarely in the game. They were, they were rarely in the game. And I think another thing that I want to get to a little bit, too, about this Arizona team, I've noticed one thing that's a little bit troubling. By First and foremost, I'm going to put one of our most loyal people in timeout here just for a second. But that's because I hold him to high standards right here. KB Thiel, Sean Elliott, calls it a pop shot when he calls Spurs games. I am not a stickler for grammar. I am not. But. You are talking about the undisputed GOAT, as the kids say, at the University of Arizona. Two T's in his name, not one. Just <laughs> throwing that one out there right now. You know I'm just messing with you, my man. Appreciate uh, everything you do. Uh, he probably saw the uh, plaque up at uh, Bob Dobbs. Yes, <laughs> very much so. Okay, one thing, though, we've got to get – For folks who are unaware, for folks who are unaware, and then I'll let you get to the comments. Yeah. Bob Dobbs, as men, men, many people know – is about a half mile away from the university. It's been there forever. They have a plaque on the wall that has a bunch of Wildcat coaching and player greats, but they misspelled Sean Elliott on that plaque. I've had anyway, a couple. By all means, go ahead. I've had a couple people ask about Bruno and my dad. Hey, Dad, say hi real quick. Hey, hey, where you at, Dad? All right, there's Dad right there. The, That's the highlight of the post game show right there. Yeah. Hey, man. And then we got Bruno right here, who's conked out. <laughs> so everybody, right there. Oh, there we go. Bruno. Everybody's good to go. Okay, now. We got to get back to some things here. First, we got to pay some bills real quick. DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. Here's the deal you throw down $5 on the Super Bowl. If your team wins, you get $280 in free plays. Take the Rams. I like the Rams. That's my DraftKings pick of the week. I'm going to timestamp that as we say it. John Schuster likes it as well. Also, Arizona only, 21 and up. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Got a gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. All right, let's get back to some of these comments right here. And uh, all right, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to start right here at the bottom and work our way up. Matthew Hidalgo, any concern about turnovers in Seattle? I feel like this is beating a dead horse, but this could be a game where sloppy ball handling could catch up to the team. Thank you. I was mess. I put this out on Twitter, and um, I actually didn't uh, message Schuster about this, but I 100%. The only thing about this team that annoys me, and again, I think you're we're quite possibly looking at the best team in the country. The only thing that annoys me, though, is they have these eight to nine minute bursts where it's not even that they're turning the ball over, shoe, it's that they're turning the ball over left and right. Like four straight possessions where you could have in what a period of about a, a minute and 10 seconds, you got four turnovers. That is annoying. That has gone on far too long. It needs to be nipped right now. What is your elixir? Uh, I don't know. Well, the elixir is on the perimeter. The less than on trying to make alley-oops work. There were, there were a couple turnovers tonight where Dalen Terry makes a perfect pass and a guy on the inside can't make the play. That's not a bad play. That's bad execution. Mm-hmm. That's just, you you were in the right spot. You did the right thing. You were about to have a bucket. That's all good. You just got to close the deal. You keep running that stuff because overwhelmingly, most of the time you get chip shot plays, you're going to be able to score. 
The issue that I have is when Arizona gets a little lazy from a passing standpoint on the perimeter. And this is what I think hurt them in the pocket a couple weeks ago when they weren't particularly playing all that well. More physical teams, more athletic teams on the perimeter that you're going to see in the tournament are going to potentially be able to, well, they're going to try to take advantage of that and potentially be able uh, to do it. So that's the area where I'd like to see. So, so, so there are two different kinds of turnovers and there's something else to bring into this equation as well. The, the perimeter turnover where the pass isn't forceful is a problem to me. You know, and a lot of what people do you mean by that. Explain, on, explain a little bit. Well, you know, there's, I'll give you Coloco as an example. Coloco sometimes is a guy on the perimeter who tries to set a pick, but then if you defend between him and the Arizona player, Coloco just kind of space cadets and tries to throw the ball through a guy. That's not a good play. You know, you have to work him around to get him around the pick or something like that when there's some, you know, close defensive proximity, but don't make it easy. I think Kreese sometimes, and, and there are other players as well. I don't mean to pick on Kreese. I think Kreese played pretty well, especially in the first half tonight. And hopefully a lot of folks probably noticed the wristband uh, toward the end of the game. Mm -hmm. If he's back in the game, that's probably good news. Hopefully it's not a lingering thing. Uh, but, but sometimes he can be a little laissez-faire with the basketball and Arizona needs to move the ball with conviction. And I think that helps. However, there's another thing that works into this equation, and, and I get the concern. You're not wrong about the concern. But Arizona averages probably 20 to 30 more possessions a game than a lot of other teams, and certainly right. Wildcat teams we've seen in the past. The Miller Arizona teams, and I'll just – it's a relative number, so I get that it may be off. But mm -hmm. Miller maybe had 80 possessions a game. I feel like this Arizona team would like to have 120, 130. Mm -hmm. So. If you have more possessions, it's logical to assume that you're going to have more turnovers. Right. And if there's a statistical number that works into that, a relative turnover per number of possessions thing that you're maybe a little bit more comfortable with, I think that would be nice. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I think there are reasons that go beyond Arizona just sucks and doesn't oh. always handle the ball particularly well. Uh, and and But I'm with you. I, I mean, come tournament time, if Arizona can – level that to somewhere between eight to 12. That's a nice range to have in the NCAA tournament. That's definitely something that can be a problem if it keeps getting up into 15 and 16 against good teams that can limit your transition game. So they definitely have to improve upon it. Uh, but I think a third of it is laziness. A third of it is being in the right spot and just not being able to close. And a third of it is that they have a lot of possessions oftentimes a lot more possessions than more teams do. So the math kind of works up to where, where maybe they'd have more turnovers as well. Yeah, you know, honestly, I, I, I agree with that. But you know what? At some point, we got to start finding a little bit of nits to pick at the Hey, there's nothing point. wrong with that. Pick there's nothing. Nits. Hey, there, there, there's absolutely – you guys are right. I mean, I'm and, – and I'm just trying to, you know, categorize how I think that goes – but in turn, a, a, a turnover is a turnover, and it's a, and, and, and and it's a wasted possession, and you don't want that to happen. I get it. And in the tournament, that's a big deal. But I think there are correctable aspects to it, and I, hopefully, it's not something that continues. You've watched enough college basketball to know that when you get into the tournament, possessions are imperative, especially late in basketball games. And teams generally, this was Miller, this was Olson, that eight to twelve turnover range you feel relatively comfortable about come NCAA tournament time. So what you're saying is something to absolutely, it's not, it's not nitpicking. 
it's Arizona's not a perfect basketball team. Arizona can get better. And I get the points of frustration because there are times where they're so good, but then they go through these little lulls that are uh, kind of irritating because you feel like they can play at that high level all the time. And uh, then you don't have games like this where, you know, it's a 10 point game that could have been 20, but because it was 10, then it was three. You know, if it was 20 instead because they executed and did their job, it would have been 15 and it's never close. You know, this one at one point was close and then Arizona was able to put them away. So, you know, I get the concern and I, you know, ho- hopefully the coaching staff can improve upon that as well. All right. One thing, though, that you don't have to worry about again is the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Code word PHNX. Throw down $5 on the Super Bowl. If that team wins, you get $280 in free plays. As we get sip, as we get, uh, maybe it's just the Rocky Mountain air here, but as we get closer to the game, I feel this game's going to be a blowout. This game to me feels something like it's going to be 27 to 10. Quick shoe, what do you think? And then we got to get back to the comments. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, oh. The Rams defensive line, I think, is going to be a problem, whether Cincinnati had a big meeting on how to pass protect today or not. Uh, so I that that that's the area of difference that I think if the Rams are going to lose this game, I think they're going to be stupid, which is okay. possible because they're the Rams. All right. So I want to I want to bring up something here. Ricky Garrett, by the way, a couple people on here got their back of the A T-shirts today and mentioned that they're U of A is one and oh, you spread the word about the A on the PHNX locker. That's what good stuff that's going to be thrown out round around here. Ricky Garrett makes an interesting point that I've been meaning to hit on for a couple games. The miss lobs drive me crazy. There, this again. I'm saying this is somebody right now who I think, if you were to ask me, I think that Arizona right now is the best team in the country. Or if they're not, they're right there. Um, there are like three or four of those plays a game too, where they're not even close, and they're generally lobs to Coloco or to Bellis. I'm cutting those ones out. I want them to just dunk it or lay it in. Shoe. Am I seeing something that's not there? Well. There, are, if you're missing the pass from the perimeter, or if you're making a pass in double coverage under the rim, that's not a good lob. If the guy on the inside has an open look, keep doing it, even if that there it's it's a high percentage play that's going to work itself out. So, d- does Coloco need to be better with his hands and Mr. Bell? Of course, but I'd keep running that play. If it's an open dunk, it's an open dunk. You take it, or at least take take the opportunity. And and the risk is. That, yeah, every now and again, it's going to drive you crazy. But I think more often than not, the percentage on that is pretty good. If you get good shots around the rim or the potential for good shots around the rim, take them. All right, KB Thiel said, great coaches have always said, when we when we get to nitpick these type of things, it's because we're really good. Don't get frustrated. We're here because we're really good. You know what? That was actually really, really uh, – that's a very, uh, very poignant thing from the young buck right there because – We've dealt with some bad basketball teams over the years here. Um, uh, well, actually, not many. Um, but there's been a few teams that were not very good a couple years ago when Arizona didn't make the tournament. As much as I love KO, the KO team wasn't wasn't exactly a great team. So there again, were limitations and limita- and, and, right. and limited approaches based but on what I do lot. like, though, about well, hopping in here, though, with this team, though, is we're never talking about, man – if they go against a team that's built like that, they're in a lot of trouble. Or if they come against a team that is able to get up and down like that, they're in a lot of trouble. None of that is with Arizona because Arizona is so good that 
you're able to look at Arizona and not necessarily the teams that they're going to be playing. Now, granted, there's a couple teams that I look at come tournament time. I'm not thrilled about having to play Gonzaga come tournament time. I'm not ecstatic about having to play Duke. I think those are two teams that match up fairly well with Arizona. But I also think that Arizona's got at least a 50-50 chance of winning those games, and that's because of the, how the roster is set up. And one a guy made here made a very very interesting point here, and I want to go back and look at it again. I have not been uh, stellar at getting everybody's comments in here. I wanted to put this one up here though because I think it's spot on right here. Is this team and its success an indictment on Sean Miller's ability to coach? He had a validation of his recruiting ability, hundred percent. And again, if you're asking me about Sean Miller from a coach from just a pure X's and O's, I think he's about a B minus coach. Um, but if you're looking at it from a recruiting perspective, he's an A+, and I don't think there's any way around it. This roster fits. Now, Tommy Lloyd has brought in a lot of guys that obviously make this, uh, have been able to buoy this roster. Ballo, Larson, Kyer, those were all very nice additions. But you look at it, when you've got Kerr, uh, Kerr Carissa, when you've got Dale and Terry, Ben Matherin, Azulis Tabellis, Coloco, those pieces all fit. And so you got to give Miller a ton of credit on the recruiting front for, for being able to see that. But on the other end of the coin, I'm also going to say that this team wouldn't be nearly as good as Sean Miller was coaching as opposed to Tommy Lloyd shoot. I think there's also a uh, guy um, who is kind of quiet in this uh, mix. Uh, is the assistant coach's name Robinson? That's it, correct? Steve Robinson, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. He was Roy Williams' longtime assistant. And works a lot with the guys on the inside, right? Mm -hmm. Arizona's improvement on the inside has been notable. And I think his addition has certainly helped. So you might be seeing a coaching staff that's a little, little bit better at uh, a free-flow nature of development as well. And that has gone a long way toward enhancing Arizona's overall defense. And I think I think Miller may have had some frustrations, a lot of frustra frustrations with his share of talented teams. Arizona would have been a, generally speaking, a defensive problem, but he would have been constantly in, in Crease's face. Right. And I'm not sure if Larson would have moved up the ladder as quickly as he has. I wouldn't expect Ballo to necessarily be a factor, and I can see him wanting Coloco to be tougher on a regular basis. Uh, so Miller's, Miller is very, not, not that Lloyd isn't a systems guy. Miller's, uh, all coaches are clearly systems guys. They want to do something and they want that system to work and they work on the foundation and build from there. But Miller was very much a, you play defense one way. I think this is the way that works. And for some players that was more effective uh, than for others. And, and, and the way that this team has been built, especially with some of this stuff that they're doing on the offensive end, they're able to utilize, they're able to, you know, they're, they're, they're clearly much better offensively their, their their flow is much better on that side of the floor and defensively they play a style that's more reminiscent of what Olsen did they they gamble a lot more but they also have you know and, and this game was indicative of that you got a lineup every now and then. there's always a seven footer on the floor for Arizona right and usually after that there's a 6'10 guy and then even with that you've got a guy on the wing who's 6'8 who has a seven foot wingspan what do you do with that? Right. And, and I think Washington State tonight was like, holy crap, what do we do? So you can't go inside. So you try to be able to hit threes and then you rush threes because they, they, they can close the gap as well as they can. So I like that Lloyd allows them to spread out a little bit more, but he also has the luxury and the willingness to do that because of what he has on the interior.
All right, I'm having to look up his stats right now because in the at the the hotel, the computer, and the Wi-Fi isn't ideal. So I'm going to look this up. But I want to talk a little bit about Dalen Terry right now. Has Dalen Terry become the most consistent player on this team? Every single game now, I basically know what I'm going to get from Dalen Terry. I'm not saying that I'm going to get 20 points, but I know, and I'm guessing when I am able to actually pull up his stat line right here. So I'm guessing that I'm going to see something that hovers around somewhat of a triple-double without being a triple-double. Even oh, hey, while, 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 while you're looking at that, even if his numbers were a little lower tonight, and it wouldn't surprise me if they were, he doesn't hurt you. So if Terry doesn't get seven rebounds, some, somebody else on pro Arizona probably did. Maybe right. he blocked somebody else off the ball, and, and it allowed Ballo to get a, an extra couple, couple rebounds, and that's fine. Terry rarely hurts you. And, and I think that's where the consistency is. And it's a lot of those guys that it takes you a while to recognize the contribution that they make to the roster because it's easy to notice when Matherin's jumping all over the building and putting up big points and hitting it from three and doing dynamic dunks and all that other stuff that, that maybe Dale and Terry played a big role in setting a lot of that up. Uh, so, and by the way, he had 12, of, he had 12 rebounds tonight, five wow. assists. Yeah, See, that's excellent. Uh, and, and, and it's, thanks and Scott. It's, I think he's been the most, I think you could argue he's been, been the most consistent player for Arizona all year long and it will continue. Hopefully yeah. it'll continue I, to be that way. He makes, he makes Arizona a defensive nightmare for a lot of people. I really don't want to put this rumor out there because it's not a rumor and it's only something that I'm worried about, but you know, these kids all think about it. He's a guy that I'm getting a little, little concerned about if he keeps playing like this, tossing his name into at least NBA workouts, because he's a guy that I think is going to test out the roof. If you get uh, teams that are able to look at him and they find out that he's legitimately six foot eight and that, you know, and I'm guessing athletically, he'll test absolutely fantastic. He's a guy that I worry about possibly getting hot and then leaving because I could absolutely see that. And, and, and use, the thing that and, and, oh go ahead Mike I'm sorry and I'll use this example and then I'll let you run with it Shoe uh, Rondé Hollis Jefferson was a very very good player here um, I don't know that he's better right now than uh, Dalen Terry was and I don't know and I, I and I feel very comfortable in saying he doesn't have the upside that Dalen Terry does and he was an easy first round pick when he left absolutely I, I I think the thing that I'd even be a little bit more concerned about is his court vision and his ball handling ability yeah. He can get a lot of people involved. And if people start and if scouts start to discover that in addition to the athleticism, there are going to be a lot of people late first round that are really good basketball teams that could look at him and say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we can figure out how to allow him to shoot everything else is in place. He already knows a lot of the schemes. He's his his athletic ability is there. He's fit. He shows unselfishness at every stop. We're yeah. Yeah, there. I think there are a number of savvy ownership groups out there who might be salivating at the prospect of having him potentially available in the uh, late first round. I'm hopeful that's not the case, and I would be hopeful that he returns because he still doesn't shoot the ball very well. But right. everything else, I think, definitely translates to the next level. You know, you know what's so fun about this, though? We have, not only we have the most informed viewers, we have the funniest listeners out here as well. David Matola, I'd like this. The only more consistent player day in and day out that I can remember was Daniel Dillon. You knew exactly what you were going to be getting from him each game. 
You know, yes. it, it, it's yes. Uh, yes, yes. One of the things, you know, I know you're a big comparison guy. Mike. Oh, I hate comparison. And I'll tell it's you, the best comparison you, I've ever asked from you. Yeah, that time and time again, I can't tell you how many times you've beaten me over the noggin with the Daniel Dillon and Dale and Terry comparison. All the it's, time. It's just it, all the time. It's right. it's so redundant that you know. I mean, it's so obvious. It's right there. Excellent. Uh, you know what we were talking about? You know what we were talking about? Remember when Dalen Terry and Daniel Dillon actually shared a starting – or excuse me, not Dalen Terry. Uh, Daniel Dillon and Mustafa Shakur actually ch- uh, uh, shared a starting backcourt multiple games right mm-hmm. there. There you go. Exactly. Uh, yeah, no, that's what we're talking about. All right, uh-huh. now let's look, let's look around the country here a little bit, Shu. So you got teams dropping like flies. You know who's not dropping? The U of A. And – I know that sounded like I was going to go into a read right there, but I wasn't. I just wanted to say, I just wanted to say that. But Auburn's lost. Um, excuse me. Uh, uh, Purdue just got rolled. By the way, I got been beat up a little bit. I don't really take any team in the Big Ten seriously as a national title contender. I know I'm going to be hit by all the people that Purdue's awesome. I've just, and maybe it's a little bit of anti Big Ten bias that isn't Michigan State for me. But I'm just I, I like to I, I want to see it and Purdue's one of those teams that I'm going to have to see it before uh, before they uh, before I before it happens because again you lost to Michigan tonight by 24 we're less than three weeks away from the NCAA tournament or gosh we're getting pretty darn close right here I don't know I don't buy any team in the uh, Big Ten traditionally unless it's Michigan State am I stupid no uh, per, but Purdue Purdue has three or four really good. Mm-hmm. Parts. I don't know that they have much. I, I I think there's a fairly notable drop off on their bench, and that becomes a problem. And their the their three point defense struggles. We talked about this with Arizona, coincidentally against Illinois, who uh, Purdue rolled earlier this week. That uh, Arizona's three point shooting defense was a little bit iffy iffier early on this year. That's that's continued to be a problem for Purdue throughout the year. But on the inside, they got a couple players that. They've got a lot of size, and they're good. Ivy on the wing is is really explosive, and they've got a a big kind of I don't know one of those kind of like um, Barkley's a bad example because Bar- Barkley's an awesome pro, but one of those undersized kind of stocky guys who just gets stuff done, right? Uh, who who can be who who just hustles and has you know twelve rebounds and twelve points and just keeps balls alive and gets every 50-50 ball. A lot of their starting lineups good. I'm not convinced the three-point shooting defense and the bench I think could be problematic for them, but I think they're going to be in the mix. When they bow out, I think it's going to be a close game. Illinois is another team that I see as a second weekend team, but they've got to have a lot of luck in their favor to advance much beyond that. I think there's a tier above them in which Arizona ultimately belongs, but I can see Arizona being a a team or rather Illinois being a four seed that plays a one seed really well in that sweet 16 game, but maybe doesn't quite break through. So, you know, I think, I I think there could be good representation from the big 10 in the second weekend, but I wouldn't expect them in the final four. All right. I couldn't agree with anything that you said more. One, I want to give you everybody a little bit of a preview here because the thing about it, we like to be harbingers of honesty here, but we also like to be harbingers of game previews when possible. And so how about that for a double positive equaling another positive perhaps? Um, All right. Washington's interesting to me for one reason. They suck. 
I'm not going to pretend that they don't. Terrell Brown Jr., who was in the U of A backcourt next last year, might be your conference player of the year to this point, which is just outstanding. He's averaging over 20 points a game, leads the conference in steals, big-time player right there. You generally don't see guys that leave the U of A and go on to an, uh, an abundance of riches elsewhere, but you can look around college basketball right now, and you can find quite a few guys in uh, – uh, Terrell Akinjo, Brown, yeah, Akinjo over. This it is kind of Emmanuel ridiculous. Acott's playing very well at uh, up in uh, Boise State. Go ahead, Shu. Yeah, it, it is kind of ridiculous that Arizona has a bunch of players who seem to have overachieved here and are overachieving <laughs> us and doing great jobs elsewhere too. It's like, wow, how has it been twenty plus years that this team hasn't been to the Final Four? Right, <laughs> yeah, right now it's like, and and were any of these highly rated recruits were they, you know, off the charts? Was Arizona and transfers? The they were almost all transfers. Yeah, and uh, one way or the other, and, and and good for them for playing well. well elsewhere. You know who I didn't even catch. mention? Alex Barcelo, who's averaging right, BYU. BYU. Yeah. You could, and our our uh, I was texting back and forth with our guy Matty M a little bit here mm-hmm. <laughs> for people that don't know him, Matt Mulebach, and uh, I asked him. I said, is is that, a, is that an NCAA tournament team with James Akinjo, uh, Terrell Brown Jr., um, uh, uh, I almost yeah. said Alex Caruso. Barcelo and Acott. Barcelo, Acott, and Jordan Brown, who pro- might be his conference player of the year at ULL wherever. Uh, I think he's putting up like 15 and 9. You said, yeah, I think it's a tournament team. I mean, you know, you got a tournament team of t- uh, uh, players that have decided to take their wares elsewhere. Real quick before we let you go, because again, I'll be back with you tomorrow morning. Shu will be back with me Saturday. Shu, right now in Shoe World, is there a team in the country that you look at and you say, if I had there, I think they're better than Arizona? Oh, I, I well, I think there's a bunch of teams out there that are at least on that line. Uh, you know, uh, that. Uh, I don't right now. I don't understand Baylor, but I expect Baylor to be a hell of a lot better. Baylor's a problem, and then all the other teams are good. That's the good news, you know. Can Duke beat Arizona? Of course. Can Gonzaga beat Arizona? Of course. Can Kansas beat Arizona? Of course. Can Kentucky beat Arizona? Of course. Reverse it. Can Arizona beat those teams? Of course. Uh, so can Oregon beat Arizona down here in a couple of weeks? Yeah. Uh, there, there's a lot of the college basketball's got a, a, a you know. The thing about this sport, especially in a one-and-done situation, is that a lot of things can happen. I don't think – I mean, it's great to be an Arizona fan right now, but I don't think they're clearly better than anybody else in the country. I expect them to make a deep run, and I think they're a real problem. But, you know, I think there are six to eight other teams out there that are equally a real problem that can get things going. All right, guys. I want to thank everybody out there. Love all of you. I'm running on fumes right now. Uh, very early day. Bruno's doing very well. He's handling this like a trooper. I got to take him potty before uh, – well, that that's enough of that. Everybody on there, really appreciate you guys. We'll be back with you Saturday. Shoe, as always, you're the man. Appreciate everybody out there. Um.